to Z Sports Prime Time from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the fine folks at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com. That's where you go for your dream address without the stress. The of the official real estate agent of the Tennessee Titans, the Nashville Predators, and A to Z Sports Prime Time. You can find at Gary Ashton. Com. Of course, you know Brymac Mechanical, B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. Satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. You know that Two Rivers Ford is the best Ford dealer in the state of Tennessee with one of the largest selections of quality American-made Ford vehicles. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at TwoRiversFord.com. DraftKings Sportsbook, promo code A2Z Sports gets you in on all the action in the DraftKings Sportsbook app, I'll tell you about their offer for you in Conference Championship Weekend later on in the show. But in the meantime, we got to talk about the quarterback situation. We got to talk about Ryan Tannehill and what is realistic, what is out of the question, and what can they do moving forward. Now, there's a lot of this stuff that will materialize in the coming days and weeks and frankly, months, because there is a considerable amount of time between January 25th and the next time that the Tennessee Titans will play a football game, unfortunately, for them and for you if you're a fan of the team. But what we can look at is a legitimate conversation and Mike Vrabel, in a way that we discussed yesterday, going to bat not just for Todd Downing as the offensive coordinator, but also for Ryan Tannehill in 2022. So with all that being said, you know, I want to I want to start this out the correct way because what I'll tell you what I'll tell you straight out the uh, straight out the gate is that none of these options uh, none of these options involve Russell Wilson, none of them involve Deshaun Watson, none of them involve Aaron Rodgers, who reportedly he and Devontae Adams are interested in playing for the Broncos together. So it's not even that Aaron Rodgers is an unrealistic situation for you. It's that Aaron Rodgers doesn't necessarily want to come play in Tennessee on top. Of that, or at least he has not expressed an interest of all the different teams that he is rumored to be uh, interested in. So let's get that out there first and foremost. No Wilson, no Rodgers, no Watson for the purposes of this discussion. I'm sure somebody will bring it up. I'm sure it'll make my head spin all the way around a complete 180 or 360 or whatever the proper terminology is. But regardless, we are going to talk about realistic options tonight. So that's kind of where I want to start with your Two Rivers Ford take. Here on the primetime show, the question that I want to start you off with is this. Simply, how should the Titans handle the quarterback position in 2022 and moving forward? Let's talk about it together with the with the parameters that I've just laid out for you. No Watson, no Rodgers, and no Wilson. With that in mind, what should the Titans do about the quarterback position moving forward. Give me your answer in the chat, and we'll talk about it together right after I remind you about the people who present this fine feature, this Two Rivers Ford take, which is, of course, Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford has the Built For You program, which is exactly what I've done going through the purchase of my new vehicle. We're in a new year, and if a new vehicle is in your future like it is in mine, very excited to get my hands on my 2022 Ford Explorer that is being built for you. Any Ford, any color, any customizable accessories is what's involved with the Built For You program. Two Rivers Ford will get the vehicle built for you and deliver it right for, to your door. Now, for me, it's about a two-month turnaround. And that was uh, that was critical for me because, you know, my car is 10 years old at this point. It's not like I couldn't, got, I couldn't have gotten a little more life out of her, but it was essential for me to have a vehicle in short order that can be relied upon, especially now that I have the time to sit down and handle the situation now that football season is largely over for me, other than the fact that, you know, we're going to go to Mobile, Alabama. You're going to come with me. We're going to take the primetime show and the radio show down to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl just next week, in fact, a week from today. But what I'll say to you is Two Rivers Ford is all about customer service and all about your convenience. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, what's realistic about the Titans quarterback situation and what should they in your opinion do moving forward? Sin City Titan uh, starts us off 
with a uh, with a uh, you know a very very diplomatic approach. Don't be a douche, Buck. He says there is only one scenario for the Titans at quarterback, and I would say to you, well, maybe uh, you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna toss out names, but I'll say don't be so narrow minded. Um, perhaps in your approach, because there is more than one scenario for the Titans at quarterback. Now, all of those scenarios probably involve Ryan Tannehill on the roster, but we can look at this realistically and we can evaluate what might be out there to provide legitimate competition. I don't think there's anything wrong with competition, even if Ryan Tannehill, again, ends up being the starter in 2022. So you may think that's a douchey approach. I would say to you, no, I think it's more douchey to keep a narrow mind about this thing. If you want to have a legitimate conversation about it, we're going to talk about it together because all the questions I keep getting are about the coordinator and about the quarterback. Coordinator, I can't do anything for you. That's set in stone. But quarterback situation, that is much more fluid at this point. Jay Tyrus says, anybody but Ryan Tannehill. Okay, at that point, you know, there's only so much that I can do for you. Um, I would say Walter Williams says, uh, just says sup. So we don't, uh, we're, I don't know what, how to respond to that. Don't go breaking my heart, says Ben Hall. Uh, Jeff Rubel says, I got one for you, Buck. Well, you'd have to respond. Uh, oh, reports are the Bears might trade fields, trade for Justin Fields. Whew. <laughs> uh, I would ask you, Jeff, where, where is the, uh, where is the sourcing on that? And not, not to dismiss it. I have not seen that myself. Um, I would be shocked if that was indeed the case that the Bears would be interested in trading a second year quarterback given the fact that they've just hired given the fact that they've just hired a general manager who I would assume has to have the quarterback in the plans. Now, it's entirely possible that with a new coaching regime and a new general manager that they would want their own quote unquote guys, right? Like with Cliff Kingsbury, um, who came in with Josh Rosen as the quarterback on the roster and then very quickly turned around with the first overall pick and drafted Kyler Murray, saw Josh Rosen out the door. Now, Rosen has not had any success in any other NFL stop, other than the fact that he's continued to last in the league. I be- believe he was last in Atlanta this season as a backup quarterback. But with that being said, with that being said, you know, for me, I'm looking at this situation and saying, all right, realistic, again, what is Justin Fields going to cost? Because you already don't have a second round pick, remember, because of Julio Jones. And you are not necessarily in a position to be just chilling out draft capital, at least in this coming draft, because this roster does have some holes that need to be addressed. And even if you're not picking high in the first round, well, I would say to you that you need to maximize the value of those draft picks when you have a roster that is still built to compete at this point. Um, so what I'll say to you, uh, what I'll say to you about this situation is this for the Tennessee Titans, um, for the Tennessee Titans, I would look at this and say, well, okay, there's a number of different situations that you can look for at this point. Um, and I would say to you that Daniel Jones, AC 720 is not one of them. Uh, I would say, uh, I would say to you, no differing opinions don't make my head spin. It's just stupid ones. So maybe make your opinions better, Sin City Titan, and then we can move forward from there. I don't, I, I, in fact, I think we're rather welcoming of different opinions. But if your opinions are stupid, then yeah, we're going to talk about them as if, well, I won't say that you're stupid. You personally, we would never want to personally attack you, but I would say that your opinion, if you feel that they're making my head spin, then probably you should reevaluate your opinion. Uh, rather than putting out there something that is probably ridiculous in that regard. That doesn't necessarily, differing opinions don't make my head spins. It's just the stupid one, uh, the stupid ones that do that for me. So, you know, and that, by the way, that's always great content. So if you can make my head spin around, that probably means you've helped produce a better show, which is great because I love when you guys help us produce the show. Uh, for um, For Anthony Hill, it's reality. Let's get Ryan Fitzpatrick back. Well... I mean, he's out there. He's shirtless at Buffalo playoff games. Uh, but I don't necessarily know that Fitzpatrick is an outright better solution than Ryan Tannehill. But I will say to you that the thing that Ryan Tannehill is most being accused of is shrinking in the moment. And Ryan Fitzpatrick has never, in in my lifetime watching him, really been accused of shrinking in the moment. In fact, I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick, when his... Uh, when he goes out there on the field, he is probably a bit too uh, forward, given 
his abilities or lack thereof, especially at his age, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I do not necessarily think would be the solution, um, would be the solution for the Titans at this point. Rico Suave uh, provides this as an option and says Tannehill has won in the playoffs. And yes, he is two and three in the postseason at this point in five playoff games under 500 in the postseason. But he has been to the playoffs now three times in three consecutive seasons as the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. And I was reading Joe Rexroad's column about this. I believe it was put out yesterday morning. No, I'm sorry. It was put out this morning at 6 a.m., the day after Mike Vrabel spoke to us. And when Mike Vrabel spoke to us about the Ryan Tannehill situation, you know, Rico, it basically, uh, it kind of echoed your sentiment, right? Tannehill has won for this team in the playoffs. And while there may be some limitations, and nobody's more aware of Ryan Tannehill's limitations than the Tennessee Titans, there are ways to win with this particular quarterback. As far as the quarterback situation is concerned, like what is it about Ryan Tannehill that you feel should make him the quarterback next year and in years beyond? You got elite toughness. You know, we have to be great um, around him, but he's shown signs of, of accuracy, of decision making, uh, to, to the ability to extend plays and to scramble. And, uh, you know, and, and, and leadership, you know, so those are all things that you look for in, in a quarterback. And, you know, Ryan showed us that, unfortunately, uh, you know, that uh, you know, we turned the ball over on Saturday. So elite toughness and all the things that Mike Vrabel looks for in a football team or in a quarterback, uh, you know, he did mention that they do need to be great around him. They do need to be great around him. And that's a legitimate problem because you can't always be great around the quarterback. Sometimes you need the quarterback to be great. And I would say to you with Ryan Tannehill, there is there are clear and obvious limitations. Again, as we've talked about, his record in the postseason is not great. Jared M88 says elite toughness is the first thing that comes to mind for a quarterback. Notice he said we have to be great around him. Yes, that is true. That's from Jared88 on Twitter. And I would say to you that you cannot always be great around Ryan Tannehill. There are, as we discussed, some problems with that because then you're asking everybody else on the football team to play a perfect game in ways that probably are not realistic. Now, will there be times when Ryan Tannehill is able to elevate? Yeah, we've seen those. And I don't think that recency bias should be the approach. In fact, I think from my standpoint, Ryan Tannehill has earned more benefit of the doubt than other than just how poor he looked in now two playoff games, right? It's not just one. It's two home playoff games where the quarterback has not been able to deliver. And even in the 2019 postseason, as we've talked about, when things became more focused on the quarterback's ability to win the football game, i.e. Kansas City, he was not able to do that. Now there was defensive issues, and you're playing against Patrick Mahomes, who had momentum on his side, and just asked Josh Allen this past Sunday, how that situation would go. What I would say to you more than anything, though, is that you can continue to upgrade this team in real time around Ryan Tannehill and try and max this thing out as best you can. Now, I'm going to give you some options uh, here in just a second, and we'll talk about them together because Corey is saying that all I know is that the Titans should look look forward in the draft. Well, I'll give you some options in the draft, and then we'll discuss if that is really the approach that you should take, for example, with the 26th overall pick, right after I remind you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com, that's where you go for your dream address without the stress. GaryAshton.com is the place that you can get the Intel Edge with the Ashton team. Now, the Intel Edge allows you to sell your home for more in what is clearly and obviously a seller's market. It allows you to capitalize on the market with properties that may not even be on the market just yet. But because you have the Intel Edge, you can get the first step on those kind of properties at GaryAshton.com. They leave, uh, for, for examples, for testimonials, you can Google Gary Ashton and see what people are feeling about the situation. Like Melissa, who wrote, we were blessed to get Jen as our agent. From the minute we met her, we knew we were in good hands. Jen is patient and had great resources for us to make the home buying process easier. 
Being a new resident of the state can be overwhelming, but Jen helped us through every step of the way. We highly recommend the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax and Jen if you're in the market for a new home. That's courtesy of Melissa in the Google reviews when you Google Gary Ashton. Dot com, the official real estate agent of all your favorite sports teams and your favorite live streaming night primetime show. <laughs> Let me see how many qualifiers I can throw on that. Uh, but what I'll say to you is about the quarterback situation and about the uh, and about the about the draft specifically. I think you have to be realistic about what this draft class looks like. So let's just kind of go through the prospects in the draft right now. And this is this is not the definitive ranking of them, but this is generally the top 10 of quarterbacks that are viewed at this point. You've got Kenny Pickett at Pittsburgh, Malik Willis at Liberty, Matt Corral at Ole Miss, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, Sam Howell at North Carolina, who was projected to be one of the top players in this class alongside Spencer Radler, and then both of their seasons got derailed. When you look outside the top five, there's Carson Strong at Nevada. Bailey Zapp, I believe is how you pronounce the last name, at Western Kentucky. Just up the road, Caleb Ellaby at Western Michigan. Skylar Thompson at K-State and Dustin Crum at Kent State. Kansas State for Skylar Thompson. Kent State for Dustin Crum. So that's the top 10 quarterbacks generally in this NFL 2022 NFL draft class. Now, you know, Kenny Pickett is clearly and obviously the best of those options. Malik Willis does have a tremendous amount of talent, but I don't know if you want to expend a first-round pick on him right now. In fact, I would say that probably two of those are legit first-round draft picks, and even legit is probably a stretch, right, because these are not franchise-changing quarterbacks, and that's kind of what you're looking for, kind of what you're clamoring for. Henry Holmes says, Buck, I understand Tannehill is your guy, and, you know, Here's what I'll say, because, and I try to be cognizant of that, right, Henry? Because, you know, Marcus Mariota, uh, I, admittedly, I think that went on longer than it needed to. And it was difficult to, in real time, discern the jumping off, off point until Denver, right? When we're in the middle of that week six game where I had traveled out to Denver for that game to uh, to cover it, obviously, for A to Z Sports. This was before I started doing the radio show. Ryan Tannehill came in. They ultimately lost that game. But at that moment, and probably several other moments, probably as early as week three in the 2019 season against the Jacksonville Jags, you kind of knew that Marcus Mariota was done. And it was just a matter of time before you said, all right, how how much longer do you want to let this experiment go on before you pull the plug? Turned out it was about six weeks in and a shutout against Joe Flacco and the Denver Broncos, which, you know, should never have happened. Although Joe Flacco has two shutout victories over the Tennessee Titans in the last three years, which is laugh out, laugh out loud funny to consider. Um, but I'll say to you about the Titans quarterback situation is this. I try not to be too prisoner of the moment with Ryan Tannehill. I try to look at the body of work. And the body of work indicates to me that this is a high-level quarterback, a an above-average quarterback in most situations. Now, does above-average guarantee that you win the Super Bowl? No, but it certainly can help you. Has he been above-average in the postseason? And my answer to that would also be no. In fact, I think that this postseason, uh, this game in particular, very much defines what Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill has to overcome as far as stigmas are concerned about him and his career here in Tennessee. Good, but not good enough. And at some point, you need to move on to something better. I'm not saying that Ryan Tannehill is the long-term solution. I'm saying that realistic quarterback options in 2022 involve Ryan Tannehill. And for the draft, I honestly think that you're better off waiting until next year's draft class before you bring in a replacement and trying to find something to bring in around Ryan Tannehill to where if he doesn't end up being the guy, at least you have the fundamentals in place to try and bring in somebody to supplant him in a year where there's better quarterback talent. Because at this point, none of those guys, maybe Kenny Pickett if he goes to Pittsburgh, but none of those quarterbacks that I really just listed to you are day one starters out the gate. And certainly if they are day one starters, they're not better than what you have at the quarterback position presently. Uh, Alejandro on uh, YouTube says, bring weapons, very good tight end and speedy wide receivers and some Schwartz kind of help, offensive experience, mind, 
to help downing. And, you know, I got that question a couple of times because I'm doing the, the, the Instagram questions, right? On A to Z Sports, we do the Titans Q&A every Tuesday. And I, I was asked the question, basically, what can they bring in on offense to kind of replicate the Jim Schwartz defense type situation? And I, I don't necessarily know how much or how little Jim Schwartz's presence impacted the defense in a positive way this year. All I know is that he was a part of the staff. He was suggested to be a part of the staff. Uh, not by Mike Vrabel, but Mike Vrabel did bring him onto the staff in a decision that I think a lot of us can look back at and say was a correct one and say, okay, a former head coach and coordinator in that spot, there's not really another situation like that anywhere else in the NFL. You have former NFL head coaches working on staffs, for example, like Ben McAdoo is coming back, former head coach of the New York Giants as an offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. For Matt Rule, whether that's good or whether that's a bad thing, you know, at this point, I think uh, that can be debated. But ultimately, what I would say to you about the situation is this: I don't necessarily know that there's a if there's a if there's an offensive version of Jim Schwartz, that guy's probably getting NFL head coaching consideration, not wanting to come in, you know, having lived that full experience both as a longtime coordinator and as a head coach. And coming in and saying, all right, you know, I like Nashville. I want to be around Nashville. I'm familiar with the Titans organization. The franchise had a lot of success here. Let me come back here. Let me be close to home. Let me be close to family. And let's try and make this thing work. That That's not necessarily a situation that's easily replicated. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist at all. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist at all. But what I'm saying is that it's much, much harder to reproduce in a way that the Schwartz situation just kind of honestly fell into your lap. But as realistic as the quarterback situation can be, Ryan Tannehill is going to be on this roster. The question is, do you take somebody like Desmond Ritter in the first round if he falls to 26 overall, or do you try and support the quarterback who's currently on the roster? I would say this year, realistically, that makes the most sense. And we'll expand on that, and certainly I'll have coverage for you of the quarterback prospects who are going to be at the Senior Bowl because I'll be down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, evaluating a lot of these quarterbacks and talking to people at the Senior Bowl about how good or, you know, how realistic it is for a team like Tennessee to bring one of these guys in, if that exists this year. It may not exist this year, but certainly it'll be a good topic of conversation once we get down there to Mobile. And I'm looking forward to having you guys down there with me. Um. What uh, Was he talking about Russ Wilson, says Crunch Time? No, there is no Russell Wilson situation. There is no Aaron Rodgers situation. There is no, um, there is no, who's the other option? Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, who was, oh, Deshaun Watson. No, it's certainly not Deshaun Watson. Now, Gardner Minshew is interesting. I don't know that Minshew's better than Tannehill, but I would take Minshew as a backup quarterback option here. I believe he is an unrestricted free agent with the Philadelphia Eagles this season. But moving forward, Ryan Tannehill is going to is going to be out there. And I think that realistically, you should kind of come to terms with that at this point. Um, MB says he also looked horrible in Kansas City, didn't do much in Baltimore or New England either. Everyone made excuses for him. Well, at the time, we didn't need to make excuses for him, right? Like we understood that the game plan was Derrick Henry. Like Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. Oh, okay, Derrick Henry's also going to throw a touchdown pass against the Ravens. Okay, more Derrick Henry, more Derrick Henry, more Derrick Henry. So really, excuses didn't, You know, excuses didn't need to be made for Ryan Tannehill until last year, where you're looking at the situation and being like, yeah, you know, he kind of shriveled in the moment. And again, on Saturday, kind of shriveled in the moment. I don't think people are making excuses about that, although I will say to you that Todd Downing could have done him a much, much, uh, uh, done him much better, honestly, in that moment. Again, it does not absolve Ryan Tannehill from uh, from his failures. But it does make it much harder for the quarterback to succeed. Now, at some point, the expectation should be reasonable for a veteran quarterback who's been in the league for a decade to handle the situation and make the play, right? Players win games, but as Mike Frabel will tell you all the time, players win games. Coaches lose them. And at this point, that's felt more, more, maybe 60-40 downing versus Tannehill, more uh, that situation. Will Tennessee says the media needs to stop being so scared and dig into the real problems. Well, I'm confused. Will and and I'm not I'm not dismissing your comment, Will, but I'd like to know what what exactly do you think? What do you think I'm scared of? 
I don't understand. Um, if you would, if you would mind expanding for me, Will, I'd be happy to continue this conversation. Um, G man on base says media will massage them into being legit. Oh, talking about the quarterbacks. Yeah. There's going to be some guys who get overdrafted, right? That's the case. And people will get desperate. Uh, people will get desperate for the quarterback situation, but will Tennessee on YouTube, if you would mind expanding for you, what you mean media, media are scared by, I don't know. Um, what would we, what we would be scared by? In fact, I have no reason to be scared. It affects me none whatsoever. Um, if Ryan Tannehill's the quarterback next year, other than the fact that it may be the difference between me covering a Super Bowl or me covering a deep postseason run. And yeah, that affects you personally much, much deeper, but I have no reason to fear the situation one way or another. Uh, Sam Mayu says, why not Rodgers or Wilson? Why is that not realistic? Well, there's a number, and and I'm glad you asked the question, Sam, because I, I do want to address it and then kind of kind of move on from it. Um, Rodgers and Wilson aren't realistic because, one, Aaron Rodgers is under contract, so you would have to trade legitimate draft capital. You'd have to mortgage your future for Aaron Rodgers. Two, Ryan Tannehill's contract makes it very, very difficult to move because, of course, you would have to have the money available to get Aaron Rodgers while also moving Ryan Tannehill. Sam, maybe you can think of a, of a trade partner that makes sense for Ryan Tannehill. I, I can't. Off the top of my head, Matt Ryan is going to be the quarterback in Atlanta next season. In fact, they very much made that decision when they didn't draft a quarterback with the fourth overall pick this year. For like a team like the Steelers, they have the ability to draft somebody like Kenny Pickett, who is in their backyard, would make a lot of sense for Pittsburgh, and is probably the best quarterback prospect of any of these guys coming out. And they will have had, I mean, they play in the same stadium for God's sakes. So it's not like they will not be intimately familiar. Now, if they pass on Kenny Pickett, that would be interesting, but I don't know that Tannehill makes sense for the Steelers to trade for when their thing is they're trying to compete in the AFC. And why would they trade for a quarterback who we're thinking maybe can't compete with Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes in the AFC. Uh, Wilson, also a similar situation. Again, the money on these guys is way, way over the top. You have to find ways to move the Tannehill contract before you can think about acquiring those guys. And then what it comes down to is the cap is going up by $25 million, but you also have to consider A.J. Brown. You have to consider Harold Landry, who's the first on this list, Jeff Simmons in future years. Um, and, uh, and also the fact that the money on Bud Dupree is going up in a big way this year. Derrick Henry. Uh, is going to be making uh, uh, tens of millions of dollars this year. Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold, yeah, you can probably do something with that money, but you want to bring in Aaron Rodgers. If you don't have an offensive line or at least parts of a good offensive line to protect him, or Russell Wilson for that matter, right? Wilson, the whole thing has been he wants to play with a better offensive line. Um, Wilson is woke. He wouldn't come to Tennessee, I don't think. I don't even know what the hell that means. Wilson is woke. What does that mean? Uh, that's <laughs> just, I hate the whole buzzword woke thing. Um, but, uh, and, and well, Russell Wilson is the least controversial human being of all time. In fact, Russell, Russell Wilson is literally, I, I'm convinced that he's like, uh, artificial intelligence. Like Russell Wilson doesn't have opinions. Why what, is he woke because he's black? Like, what are you talking about there? I, I have zero idea what that means. Um, so with that being said, I think, at this point, you can look at Ryan Tannehill and say, all right, realistically, he's going to be on the roster next season. Realistically, I think that uh, realistically, I think that Ryan Tannehill is not going to be easily replaced in the draft class this year. But I will say to you that they should be considering all options. And and as unrealistic as Wilson or Rodgers or whomever, Watson is at this point, all options are being weighed over at St. Thomas Sports Park right now. So the same conversations that we're having, maybe, you know, maybe uh, from my standpoint, maybe I'm not having as intelligent a conversation as John Robinson or Ryan Cowden or Monty Ford or anybody who's involved with the personnel side of things. Maybe I'm not as smart as those guys, right? We all know this. I know this. But what I will say to you is that in the same way that we're talking about every option that is available to them on the table, they're also having that conversation because the objective ultimately is to upgrade the position if you don't think you have enough. Um, Carlos Brown says, Buck, I really appreciate you. You're the only Titans media that is even trying to research getting rid of Tannehill. The rest of Titans media is lazy and not even looking at trade scenarios. Again, I, I, 
it's okay for you guys to ask those questions, right? And I never want to be somebody who shuts you down outright and said, oh, what a stupid idea. You have no idea what you're talking about. And, you know, sometimes sometimes I do do that, but, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that outright. Like that doesn't want to be, that's not my first reaction. I want to make sure that before I, before I like shut somebody down on something, I want to make sure that I have a fundamental understanding of what it is that I'm looking at. And again, I, there are millions of different layers of nuance that go into this stuff that I don't have a firm grasp on, right? I'm not a salary cap manager. I don't have access to all the financials of the Tennessee Titans salary cap like Vin Marino does, who manages their salary cap. And I'm not near as smart as Vin to be able to understand how to manage them efficiently and how something like the Jared Goff trade gets done when there's a ton of money on the books or Tom Brady with voidable years or Matt Stafford to the Rams, all these different things. All of these things are possible for teams who are up against it, but there's a million different loopholes that people who are literally their job is to study the salary cap and to find ways to work around it. Uh, Unfortunately, that is not what I'm trained in, but I can give you the thousand foot view and we can kind of work through it together. So at least we're all realistic about the options on the table at this point. So, you know, I appreciate your, I appreciate the words, Carlos, but you know, we just try to just try, just try to have a real, like as close to a real conversation as what is being had in the facility and work through those parts with you together. Uh, Shecky Shabazz, actually the one, the one thing that I will shut down is Deshaun Watson. I'm not, I'm not, I'm really not willing to entertain any kind of conversation about Deshaun Watson, right? Like Deshaun Watson is tied up in a bunch of legal stuff. Deshaun Watson is potentially uh, a criminal sex offender, uh, allegedly. Again, important to say allegedly, innocent until proven guilty. But, I mean, guys, come on. Like, let's be realistic about the Deshaun Watson thing um, at a certain point. And, if you again, if you value winning over everything else, then I just I don't have time for that conversation because to bring in somebody who is uh, allegedly a predator – would be deeply concerning to me. Now, maybe not as concerning to NFL organizations because I will tell you that there's a lot of uh, that there's a lot of uh, that there's a lot of conversations had in NFL organizations about Deshaun Watson. But again, I would say to you that that is not the uh, is not the way to go through the situation. Um, EA asks Buck, did PK question Vrabel? Let's hear those questions. Voice of the fan. Um, I, you know, I, I'm sure Paul did ask Mike questions on Monday. I don't recall what specifically questions Paul asked off the top of my head. I would, we, we have the transcript, right? Where it outlines the questions that were asked and Vrabel's responses, but it doesn't, you know, say Paul Kaharski or Buck Rising or John Glennon asked question X, Y, and Z. So I don't know necessarily which, which questions Paul asked, but I do, I do know that Tehran, was the person who asked the question about the quarterback situation and that Joe Rex wrote, asked if uh, asked Vrabel if there had been a uh, drop off from Tannehill with uh, from Dan- Tannehill with Arthur Smith to Tannehill with Todd Downing and Vrabel's answer was one Arthur Smith coaches for the Falcons and two no <laughs> so there was not a lot of answers given there um, you know not to not to uh, not to be dismissive of what questions Chief asked. But I did, uh, I don't remember, I don't recall exactly. I would have to go back and watch through the press conference, figure out Paul's specific questions. But yeah, voice of the fan is is great. Bring Peyton out of retirement, says Tim Inman. All right, let's move on before we get too caught up in this conversation. Although it's been a good one. Let's, uh, you can always tell a PK question by Rabel's snarly remarks more than usual. Well, no, there's a list of those, right? And it's a weird list. One, Paul, which makes all the sense in the world. God bless him. Uh, love him to death. To um, to Terry McCormick, which also makes a ton of sense. God bless Terry. Love him to death. Three Ben Arthur, which makes zero sense to me because Ben is who's new uh, to us. I know he, he covered the Seahawks previously before he landed here in Nashville. He's the new Tennessean Titans reporter. But Vrabel has these weird reactions to Ben Arthur. I think, and it you know I say this I say this at a I say this respectfully because it's not an easy job to do. But like. Uh, Maybe maybe Mike just likes to pick on the new guy. I don't know. But, like, Mike's reactions to Ben Arthur are always very bizarre to me um, in ways that I don't understand because Ben seems like a lovely guy, even if his questions are a bit long. That's the only thing I would say, a bit long. But, again, I've, it's not like I'm a genius question asker. I've screwed up plenty of questions at press conferences in my life. So far be it for me to throw the first stone. All right. Let's talk about some staff changes, and then let's move on quickly 
to a gone viral video because somehow the show ended up going really, really long on that one topic. Must have mean must have meant that we're having a good conversation. So I want to ask you, I want I want to ask you to fill in the blank here on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. The Titans staff changes today are blank. Fill in that blank. The Titans staff changes are and fill in the blank with that on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. We'll talk about it together here on the Primetime Show uh, once I tell you about our friends, of course, at Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. Satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Brymac has you covered. They're the best in the business at Brymac.com. Three locations in Middle Tennessee and in Kentucky to make sure that you have the best possible HVAC service, whether it means commercially, whether it means residentially, at Brymac.com. Jamie Lahue says, uh, Buck, you never stated the options. No, I did. I stated the options. I said, uh, roll with Ryan Tannehill in 2022. Draft the person who you uh, you might try to replace him with or uh, continue with Logan Woodside and Ryan Tannehill and then draft a future replacement. Those are the options, Jamie. They're, they're few. <laughs> they, are, they are very, very minimal. Again, you don't have a lot of wiggle room. Here, but those are the options as I see them right now. Now, could things change? We'll keep an eye on on things like the uh, the quarterback market and who may come available or who may be there as as kind of a veteran backup option that you may think could push Ryan Tannehill. I don't know outside of the top names who's going to be out on the streets because people don't just let franchise quarterbacks go. Although there is going to be an odd amount of franchise quarterbacks out there this offseason. So, yeah, those are the options, Jamie. You just don't have a ton of them, which is kind of my point. You know what I'm saying? Uh, All right, so fill in the blank. Let me know uh, how the Titans staff changes today are blank, and I will run through them for you. So, Brent Doherty, who's my colleague at at 104.5 The Zone, Brent uh, put this out first that he was hearing that Titans – Inside linebackers coach Jim Hazlitt was going to be on the outs. Jim Hazlitt was indeed fired as the inside linebackers coach today. Then I was able to confirm that Jim Hazlitt was fired. Also adding to that, that assistant special teams coach Matt Edwards was fired. Brent also had uh, assistant defensive line coach Kenechi Udezi. Forgive me if I've mispronounced his name. I think I've said it four different ways today, and I'm trying to trying to do it the best way I can, but I can't find pronunciation anywhere. Strength and conditioning coach Mondre Gee, an, an assistant strength and conditioning coach, not the head strength and conditioning coach, but assistant strength and conditioning coach Mondre Gee also out. So that brings one position coach and three assistant coach. Jim Hazlitt, inside linebackers. Kenechi Udezi on the defensive line. Matt Edwards on special teams. Mondre Gee on strength and conditioning. Now, those are not earth-shattering names, right? Those are not people who many of you probably heard of before today, other than Jim Haslett, because he's been an NFL head coach. He's been a defensive coordinator. Jim Haslett been around a lot. Hell, he was Mike Vrabel's linebackers coach at Pittsburgh uh, when Mike was drafted into the league. But with all that being said, fill in the blank. The Titans staff changes today are what? Minimal, says G-Man on base. Empty says Franklin Allen. Meh, says Orlando Jones. Confusing, says William Romer. Um, incomplete, says John Pertotti. And and what I would say to you is it's still, it's still possible that they make additional staff changes, but I heard nothing about any, any kind of change on the offense. Specifically, heard nothing about Todd Downing's job being at all in jeopardy, and we talked about that yesterday. Mike Vrabel gave him a pretty good endorsement uh, they they will add staffers potentially. I don't think that by any means that the staff that they have today, who's left on the staff, is going to be locked in for 2022 entirely. But I do think that largely the bones of this thing are coming back. And honestly, I was I was kind of interested to see whether whether Jim Schwartz would stay. You know what I'm saying? Again, that was not a Vrabel that 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 idea was not Vrabel's. That was something that was suggested to Mike. And that Mike did allow to take place as the head coach because ultimately he has final say on those decisions. I don't think it was a bad one, but I do think that Mike, knowing a little bit about him and knowing a little bit about how he handles staff things, you know, Mike is very much entrenched in 
what he believes to be the correct decision, as he should be, right? You have to have the courage of your convictions and you have to make those decisions, rightly or wrongly. You can't second guess yourself in those positions. Again, that's what we're here for, to second guess those positions. Um, but I was kind of curious to see whether Jim Schwartz would come back or not, because I know Mike Rabel probably wasn't crazy about that situation. But um, but what I will say to you is that right now he remains on the staff. Michael Wagner says facade at this point. Uh, Jesse Jones says, why are they firing people who did a good job? What the hell? You know, Jim Haslett, I, I, and here's what I'll say. In speaking to people around the situation today, kind of trying to do my due diligence, um, Jim Haslett didn't understand why he got didn't understand why he got fired either because Rashawn Evans, um, who ended up being a healthy scratch, Rashawn Evans was inconsistent when Jim Haslett got here. You know what I'm saying? I don't think you can blame Rashawn Evans' lack of development on Jim Haslett. I think that inside linebackers were pretty strong, to be completely honest with you, with David Long and with Zach Cunningham. Now, what I will say to you is that Jim Haslett is 66. I think, and it could just be that Mike Vrabel feels the need for a bit of a fresher approach, but veteran experience, as we know, is not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination on the staff. And frankly, I think there are some more assistants that you could look at and say, uh, what are uh, what are they doing? MB says the Titans staff changes are and dot, dot, dot. Yeah, at this point... Um, uh, no changes to the offensive uh, the offensive um, staff at this point. But I do think that the uh, – here's what I'll say. My one word would be cosmetic. To fill in the blanks, the Titans staff changes today were cosmetic because an assistant special teams coach who wanted to be a defensive coach based on my understanding didn't happen. Um, the inside linebackers coach is the biggest move there, but like for what? Puka says Kaharski was not impressed by Hazlitt. And I, yeah, I mean, me and Paul talked about Jim Hazlitt before. And again, Paul and I aren't on the field, aren't in the meetings room, meeting rooms with this guy. All I can do is take what, you know, what conversations I have with people who are in the building about Jim Hazlitt and understand that, you know, largely he was good at his job, even if he didn't necessarily, I don't want to say that he didn't come across that way. But there was something about Jim Hazlitt that always, at least in our conversations, didn't necessarily equate when we talked to him. Now, we didn't talk to Jim Hazlitt a ton, but enough to kind of, you know, be curious about the situation. But based on, based on um, you know, the, the conversation in the facility, I don't think Jim Hazlitt was a, like a real problem. Um, Downing was horrible for the Raiders and us SMH, says Corey Nafarlin. Well, but here, here's the thing, Corey. He wasn't horrible. Like, I know you feel horrible about the playoff game, and the playoff game was horrible. But what I'll say to you is this. Like, again, they were top 10 on third down this season. They were top 10 in the red zone. They were first in goal-to-go situations all year long. So, like, Downing was not really as bad as you want to make him out to be. But am I, again, I'm not advocating that Todd Downing is good. I'm not even advocating that Todd Downing is good enough. But the problem is... He's not horrible the way that you're making him out to be, Corey, or at least statistically, the numbers didn't bear that out this way. And by the way, you know, 12 and five and a top 10 offense in the league, um, it's it's tough to kind of move away from that if you think uh, if you think that horrible is the way to characterize it. Again, you heard Mike Vrabel, and I'll play that audio for you again because it was a pretty oh, actually, I deleted I that's unfortunate. I deleted the audio clip. I wonder if I still have that in my uh, – I do have it saved. So I can bring that back up for you. Mike Vrabel talking about Todd Downing yesterday because we played for you that audio yesterday. Played for you the audio of Mike Vrabel talking about Tannehill as well. And I'll go back to that. I will pull. I just pulled it up in my archive. But give me a second, and it will, uh, it will upload into the system as we sit here talking about it. But, in fact, Mike Vrabel feels very, very much opposite of the way that Corey and whomever else would accuse Todd Downing of being quote unquote horrible. In fact, he thinks Todd did a great job. Is this the season that uh, Todd Downing had for you guys as offensive play caller? Uh, I think Todd does a great job. I think he's a great. I think he's a great coach. I think he's a hard worker. You know, and um, you know there were there's always going to be calls you'd like to have back. There's plays you'd like to have back. Um, but but I don't evaluate things. Um, you know, I try to. Try to see how guys communicate with each other, the players. Um, are we all on the same page? Is there, 
you know, good communication. Um, how do we do on third down? How do we do in the red zone? And, you know, things have to be better in all three phases each and every year. But, um, you know, I, I, I love the relationship that Todd has with the assistant coaches and the players, and, and we'll all continue to improve. So that's Mike Vrabel on Monday talking about Todd Downing. And in fact, it's quite the opposite of horrible. In fact, Mike Vrabel says he did a great job. Um, that's about as as big an endorsement as Todd Downing could have had. Because Mike Vrabel doesn't need to be effusive in his praise there. He just needs to say, yeah, you know, we'll, uh, we'll evaluate a lot of things on the staff. Everything needs to be better. Everything needs to, you know, every coach better play better. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and while I do understand that people think you're being, that he's just being professional there, that's more than that's going above and beyond professional. That's straight up an endorsement of Todd Downing. And again, if there was going to be a change made with Todd Downing, it would have likely happened today. Uh, it's it's I expect him to be the offensive coordinator in 2022 is what I would say to you. Todd Downing is not going anywhere at this point. All right, it's been a long show. We've gone way over. Let me tell you. Um, Oh, uh, Kyle Jones wants to know, why was Tyrone McKenzie fired a couple of years ago? But, well, he didn't get along with Mike Vrabel, um, based on my understanding of the situation. And I didn't think that Tyrone McKenzie was bad at his job, but, you know, Mike can wear on people, by the way. Mike can, Mike can, really, uh, Mike can really wear on people. And that was the situation. I mean, it's, it's not just Tyrone McKenzie, although that was the most um, – it wasn't a public falling out, but behind the scenes, it was the most talked about as being uh, toxic is probably too strong a word, but they, I mean, there was, there was tension there. And so as the head coach, Mike Vrabel made the decision to relieve him of his duties and whether that was right or whether that was wrong. Now, Jim Hazlitt, um, and now a third inside linebacker coach and potentially five years. So uh, with that being said, let's move on. And uh, and let's talk about the gone viral video. Let's wrap things up. The question that I want to ask you about the gone viral video is this on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. What is the biggest surprise in the NFL playoffs? Of the four teams remaining, who are you most surprised to see there? And we'll put a bow on this show that way. Give me your answer on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And while you do that, I will tell you about our friend's at DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, you know that there's only four teams remaining in this NFL postseason at this point, and you know that that means there's only four teams left to bet on in the DraftKings Sportsbook app. They're going to give you 56-1 to 1 odds on any NFL team this weekend. You bet just 5 bucks and get 280 in free bets <clears throat> if your team wins. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, Use promo code A2ZSports and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team does win. That's promo code A2ZSports for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus, Tennessee only. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line 1 800 889 9789. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook. For details. So, what's the biggest surprise in the postseason right now? Other than, you know, the fact that the Titans shocked people by uh, by um, getting bounced so quickly. MB says, can't answer, Buck. My season ended with the Titans. Don't know, don't care. Okay, well, that seems uh, rather reductive because there's going to be more football to play. And I, I can't imagine that you're not going to watch more football, MB. But, you know, maybe you're uh, entrenched in that position. Randy Howard says, San Francisco and Jimmy G is the NFC's Tannehill. Not elite, but not terrible. The difference is they have an offensive coordinator, and in the case of the 49ers, they have Kyle Shanahan, who's the head coach and play caller, um, that knows how to make their playmakers work. Green Bay got bounced. The biggest surprise for Henry Holmes. We beat everybody but Cincinnati, says William Scott Easton. You sure did. And when Cincinnati uh, counted for more than any of those wins, uh, they beat you in that spot. PFF said Bud Dupree was a bum and the worst signing problem. Probably was, but I like watching him. So whatever, go after Landry, I guess. I don't know about Bum and the worst signing. Bud Dupree was fine this year. Bud Dupree was a pretty effective player uh, for you when he was healthy. Um, we lost to the Bengals after the defense at nine sacks and an interception and held Joe Burrow to zero passing touchdowns. Not going to lie, this one hurts 
so much. It should because it's shitty. I mean, the way you lost that football game was shitty. And it's probably the biggest surprise in the NFL. But what's also surprising is the fact that, uh, as somebody brought up earlier, NFC Tannehill, Jimmy G, is in the championship game this weekend. No, it, it really wasn't that. Uh, <clears throat> there was a calmness, honestly. And it was probably midway through the first or second that I realized it was going to be that type of game. You know, they, they got off to a good start with that first drive, but our defense was playing great. And there's just a feel to the game. You know, even when they had the lead, I felt like we were in control of the game, as crazy as that sounds. But you could feel on the sideline. And it was really just we were waiting for that one play to spark us. And Jordan with the block, uh, punt. I mean, the scoop and score was all that. that. That's just how we win. You know, it's never going to be pretty, but we find a way. Does that sound familiar to anybody? It's not going to be pretty, but we'll find a way. Yes, that's the NFC's version of Ryan Tannehill playing in the championship game. Let me give you some stats from Alan Bell, who uh, tweeted these at me because I was talking about Garoppolo on the radio show on Monday. Alan Bell, at Alan Bell, by the way, who hosts the A to Z Sports Pick Show. You can see it Tuesday and Fridays at 2 p.m. Central Time. It's great stuff if you are a gambling aficionado. Alan Bell writes this, Jimmy Garoppolo is 4-1 in his playoff career. He is 3-0 in the playoffs when he has zero, count them, zero touchdowns. 9-2 overall in his career when he does not throw a touchdown. That's insane. The definition of hiding your quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, is clearly and obviously the thing that holds them back the most, but yet they are on the precipice of playing in a second Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. This will be the second NFC title game that he's played in. And by the way, they won the first one that he played in. It is pretty incredible to look at that and say, my God, Jimmy Garoppolo, the NFC's Ryan Tannehill, is good enough to win. Why can't the Titans do it? The difference there would be, I would tell you, play calling. But not everybody gets a Kyle Shanahan. All right. It's going to do it for us tonight. Almost a full hour tonight on the Primetime Show. Always a pleasure to hang out with you guys. Thanks for stopping by here on A to Z Sports Primetime. Back at it again tomorrow uh, at around 8 p.m. Central Time. We'll make sure that we are there to hang out with you. We'll probably talk about the NFL playoffs in more detail, um, given the fact that there will well, be plenty of time for Titans offseason conversation. Radio show is going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. Keith Bullock is going to be in for an hour with me, Will Compton will be on the radio show tomorrow, and we've got the dumbest thing in sports this week. So make sure your calls are ready and willing to go because there's a lot of dumb shit that happened in football this week. Puka wants to know if I'm going to the Pro Bowl. Uh, I'm not going to the Pro Bowl. I'm going to the Senior Bowl instead. I think the Senior Bowl is much more productive than the Pro Bowl is. So I'm going to pass on Vegas, and instead I'm going to go to Mobile, Alabama because, frankly, that is a better use of my time. Pro Bowl is fun. But, um, but uh, yeah, I just won. I, I'm going, we're going to Vegas for the draft. I think, I think all of us, uh, the A to Z contingent anyway, is going to Vegas for the draft. Um, so I figured, you know, I'd rather do senior bowl than pro bowl because pro bowl doesn't, pro bowl doesn't provide any real value to me other than it's a good opportunity to catch up with players and agents, but there's more agents at the combine. So I'd rather do that or at the, uh, at the senior bowl. So I'd rather do that and talk about guys who are going to potentially be available for the Titans next year than spend a bunch of time screwing around with the Pro Bowl, you know, dodgeball game, stuff like that. All right. I'll see you guys later. Enjoy your night. Talk to you tomorrow on the radio or if not, on primetime.